We is relative to whoever feels like they're the big W at the moment. And that W can flip upside down and be a me if you ain't watching. Sarah has been my closest friend while being out here, and she might be a key person to get me further in this game. And I'm about to throw a Hail Mary up here. Okay. And I maybe shouldn't. I found something on the first day. It's called the Legacy Advantage. And he's an immunity idol. But you can only play it at six. I get to will it to someone, and you're going to get a pretty present if I'm gone. I hope you don't have to will it to me. You are also playing for your loved ones. Come on out, Wyatt. Damn, he's sexy, Sarah. <laughs> Monica. Uh, I have to win immunity for me to be able to make it another day. Culpepper wins individual immunity. The pair of Sierra and Brad, we got to split that up. Sierra's in trouble. I think Andrea's in trouble. My name's getting thrown around, and I'm absolutely terrified. If Sierra goes, it is not all bad because Sierra has told me about this legacy advantage and that she would will it to me if she leaves. I need that advantage. It's us, right? I love you. You're my, like, it girl out here. It's fine as long as the we is a we and not a me. Twelfth person voted out and the fifth member of our jury. Sierra, the truck has spoken. Hello, Survivor lovers, and welcome to another edition of Post-Tribal ET Canada Survivor Game Changers podcast. It was a Sierra versus Andrea showdown last night, and Parvati Shallow and I are back to break it all down. What do you think, Parv? Erin, I cannot believe this is our second-to-last episode before the finale. That blows my mind because it just seems to me that we've got some incredible gameplay left to be played. And the Sierra and Andrea showdown was so much fun. I mean, who were you pulling for last night to win it? To be honest, I was pulling for Andrea. Yeah, I mean, she's been a really fun player to watch evolve over this season. I like it because we haven't seen Andrea in the past kind of become the boss. And I think now Uh she's really stepped into that aspect of her nature, and it's really fun to watch. I don't want to take anything away from Sierra because Sierra really grew on me. At the beginning, I wasn't so sure about what made her a game changer. You know, physical force, yes, but hadn't seen her really do a lot of great moves before. She was very loyal to her former alliance when she played previously, but I was like, I wanted to see more from her, and she brought that this season. At one point, she was leading this game. Her and Brad, a very strong alliance there with Ty, of course, as well, but we saw that flip. That suddenly wasn't an option anymore. And she was scrambling to try to save herself. In fact, so much so that she shared her secret with Sarah, which in the end, as we saw, was her downfall. Yeah, isn't that wild, right? Because there Uh was a time when Sierra was the number one top banana. And then once Debbie gets voted out, now the target is on Sierra and Brad. We got to break up this power duo. They're not in the majority alliance anymore. And so I didn't understand why she felt the need to share the information about the legacy advantage with Sarah. I mean, I think sometimes you just, you get so far in the game and then you let your guard down a little bit. And you really shouldn't, especially in this season, because people are sharks. And don't you love the imagery that they're cutting in with the sharks eating the other sharks? It's just like, (laughs) 
so I'm on the point with like nature taking its course. Yeah, Sarah got her. Sarah's playing a killer game. She really is. It's funny because even a few podcasts ago, we were saying she kind of looks like this deer in the headlights. Like she doesn't know what's going on around her, but that is definitely not the case. She decided, I right. think, pretty early on in this episode that she was going to take that. Once she heard, when Sierra told her and revealed that she had this advantage, she was going to make sure that that advantage ended up in her pocket, even though she had been upfront about saying that was not her strongest alliance, but her best friend on the island. So obviously Sarah is willing to play dirty. I don't think Sierra is willing to go that dark. Yeah, I don't think so either. She's a light one. And when her dad came, that was so sweet. The family visit, and he just said, stay thick skin, sister, because every time, you know, this is just like in life. When you get high up, people, there's always going to be someone trying to take you down and take what's yours. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of an interesting approach to life. But also, it was like poetic that he said that at the family visit when Uh he met up with his daughter, because that should have been ringing in her ears saying, You know, don't tell anyone about anything that you have a value in this game because someone will try to take it from you. Even if you you can't just can't trust anyone. And I think that's why we saw all the tears and the emotional Mm -hmm. outpouring at the family visit this time. Because people are just so locked in. Oh, yeah. Those breakdowns were huge. And we'll definitely get into that a little later in the podcast. I think we should probably touch a little bit on tribal council itself. I think it was pretty clear going into it that it was either going to be Andrea or Sierra. And, of course, Probst is there saying, you know, like, who's the biggest threat? Sierra. And Sierra calls out Andrea. And Andrea says, you know, hey, it's not necessarily me. Like, the people on the bottom are underdogs and could also make it to the end as well. Obviously, Andrea's argument was more compelling to the rest of the players. Why do you think that is? I think that there was a lot that we didn't see that went on at the beach before we got to Tribal Council because it looked to me like people were locked in with their votes and weren't going to be swayed by what was happening at the jury. Great for Andrea for having a comeback, but I don't think that her comeback really swayed anyone to change their vote. I think that it came down to what we saw with Michaela and Sarah. I think it was Sarah. Telling Michaela, you know, we've got this legacy advantage out there. Sierra's got this. we got to get rid of Sierra. She didn't say, Sierra's going to will this to me, so then we'll have more power. <laughs> it's like, we got to get rid of Sierra because we don't know what her advantage is. And that fear, I think, is what Michaela took hold of, saying, here's a certain threat, which is Andrea, right? We know Andrea is a challenge dominator. Mm-hmm. And should she get farther in the yeah. game, she's got numbers and she's good at challenges. But then there's this unknown with Sierra, and Sierra's good at challenges. I mean, she doesn't win as much as Andrea mm-hmm. does, but she's strong, and she has this advantage. We don't know what that is. Let's just take her out. I think that Sarah is the one who really took a hold and took control of this vote. Well, yeah, and Brad, too, because really, sights were set on Brad quite early in the episode for him to go home. He's very dangerous. He's playing a great game. You said it yourself. There's something in his eyes. There's determination there beyond a lot of the other players and getting a chance to see his Monica probably built him up more. So I think maybe there was part of this, well, you know, if it can't be Brad, then maybe Sierra is the next best move because it breaks up that couple. Yeah, they're the partnership. And we've seen in many other seasons of Survivor, if there's a power couple, people want to always break up that power couple because that's two votes. And especially if they're strong 
strategic players that can make alliances and create relationships with people. Like Brad is very good at that. And we've seen also mm-hmm. Sierra be good at that. So when you have people that are good at the game, that are working together, that are outwardly working together, people are afraid of that and they always want to break that up. Yeah. Yeah, like Brad saved himself with that yeah. immunity win. I know. That was like a parp challenge right there. You would have killed it at that one. I know. It was a new challenge. It's always fun to see Kierhoff come up with a new survivor challenge. We've seen so many repeats. You know, you know what else I really liked in this episode was Michaela's me we monologue or we me monologue was pretty classic survivor with probes even adding a little hand signal in. What do you think about her comment that we is relative to whoever feels like they're the big W at the moment and that W can flip upside down and be a me if you ain't watching. Yeah, Michaela's brilliant. I mean, she's a smart chicky right and there's a reason why she's still in the game even though people are rubbed the wrong way by her she's savvy and the reason that these people get cast on survivor people always ask me how do i get cast on the game you have to be a good storyteller to be cast on the show mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how big your personality is if you can't craft statements like that you're not going to be cast so mm-hmm. she is brilliant casting yeah. she's fun to watch she has these moments of temper tantrums and we love her for it. Yes, she does. <laughs> right? And another person that we haven't been seeing a lot of is Aubrey. But talking about the insight at Tribal Council, Aubrey saying everyone sees Survivor through a certain lens. And I think we're all seeing it with ourselves at the center. Mm-hmm. And each of us has to decide yeah. what kind of threat is most threatening to me is so important. Mm-hmm. It's like that is so brilliant because it's true you want to be sitting next to you at the end someone who you think that you can beat, right so it's a comparison game right whoever you're sitting next to in the jury has to be similar enough to you but you have to be just better than them that the jury votes for you instead of them and that was my strategy in Micronesia sitting next to Amanda I was like we're so much alike if I sit next to Sari probably not going to win she's a mom she has all these other things going for her her story, yeah. things like that. You have to be seeing it from the lens of this is me, this is not the big W, the big M, and who can I beat at the end, personally? I thought that was great. Yes. Well, unfortunately for Sierra, she's not going to find out what it's like to sit next to two people at the very end, but we are going to find out how she feels, of course, about her buddy Sarah dropping that vote and sending her out of the game and what she hopes to see her legacy advantage do next. Coming up, Sierra. I thought I was a part of the we, and it looks like I was not. I think what got me in the end was being a little bit too comfortable, but I came in with guns blazing, gave it hell, and I made it further than I thought I could. Of course I wanted to go further, but I couldn't be more proud of myself right now. Hello, Sierra. Welcome to Post Tribal. You're on the line with me, Erin Sebula, and the one and only Parvati Shallow. Welcome. Hi, girls. How are we? We're doing well, but we didn't just get betrayed by one of our best survivor friends out there. What happened? Sarah played you, girl. Did you even know that that was coming, or did you find out when you watched the episode? I found out at Ponderosa, but I will say, waking up this morning, it feels like I introduced one of my best friends to my boyfriend and caught them cheating. (laughs) It's still, like, this thing is still real. I just made a stupid mistake. I went into it, honestly, with the intentions. When I found the legacy advantage on day one, I wasn't going to tell a soul. 
And me and Sarah had been talking for a couple hours, sitting there crying, being girls, and it just came out. I was so mad at myself, especially when I'm saying it. And then to top it off, I say, and if I leave, you can have it. So do you want to get rid of me? It's pretty much what I was saying. I don't know what was going on in my mind. The biggest mistake of my life. You obviously felt very connected to her, and you regret telling her that you would let her take it and move forward in the game. (laughs) But you don't regret the friendship, of course. Was that real, and have you been able to maintain that? Yes. For me, it was 100% real. She's reached out to me a lot since the episode last night and has apologized numerous times. And I... (laughs) For a second, I question it, like, girl, you still playing games, or is this for real? But, Mm. no, I absolutely love Sarah. She was playing a great game, and I probably would have done the same thing. I just legitimately thought she was one of my best friends out there, and you can't do that in Survivor. You know what's so interesting is just we heard from Sarah earlier on in the season when she was talking about Sandra having this magnetic quality where she just sucks you in it seems to me watching the season unfold and watching Sarah's evolution is she has that same ability I mean yeah she betrayed you guys and voted Debbie out a couple of episodes back and then all of a sudden you guys are BFF hanging out on the beach again what is that quality that Sarah has that makes you trust her again after she betrays you like that she is a very emotional. She seems to come across a very real. She cried to me a lot. I'm not much of a crier, but when someone comes to me and is showing so much emotion, I kind of just take the role of like, oh my gosh, I want to help you. And I did. I forgot I was playing the game. And she's so charismatic and kind and was crying to me almost every day. I mean, I would fall asleep with her talking, wake up every morning talking. I legitimately thought that girl had my back. Oh, wow. Is there a part of you, though, Sierra, that respects the move she made because 100 percent. yeah would you have done it if the tables had been turned if someone told me i have an immunity idol and if i leave you get it i would say bye-bye like see you later (laughs) absolutely i mean who wouldn't that's what i say when i watch myself i feel like i look so ridiculous and stupid and i'm so embarrassed i woke up with a stomachache this morning because it brought back all of those emotions i don't know why i did it (laughs) Oh, Sierra, but we understand, you know, it's just like, I was just telling Aaron before we started talking with you that you've been out there for such a long time. This game is really intense. I mean, we're seeing a lot of drama, emotion, desperation, and crazy moves from people. You must be so drained at that point that it's got to be just natural to let your guard down in an instant. And then it's like, oh my God, I just screwed myself. (laughs) Exactly. Especially with the title of Game Changers. My first season, I had the social part, but I did nothing else. And I knew that if I wanted to make it to the end and have all of these people that I admire as Survivor players vote for me to win, I had to have all of these reasons. So I went in so intense from day one because I even questioned myself why I was there. Like, why am I here? So I was like, I'm going to prove it to everyone and myself. So I did. I went in so intense, and it emotionally was a million times harder because I was playing so much harder this time around. Yeah. You were definitely playing harder. That was really obvious, I think, to the fans, and I'm sure to your fellow castaways. But do you think you played better? You lasted a little longer last time, no? I No, I did. Yeah, I lasted 37 days last time. That's mm-hmm. a really good question. I don't know if I would consider it better. I'd hang my hat on 34 a little bit more than I would my first season, but... I maybe went too hard. Watching it back, 
I should have been making calls, but not so much in the front. Maybe having a puppet do it for me. Somebody who I would be like, this is a good idea. Maybe you should present it to the group. Instead of taking the reins and controlling everything and telling people what to do, I do see that as a huge mistake. But it was fun to say that you were the new sheriff in town, though, no? Oh, my gosh, so hysterical. I watch myself, and I'm like, you look like a little brat. I'm so creepy just hanging in the hammock. And I'm like, oh, who am I? What happened to me? Well, we loved it. It made it really entertaining for us. I'm curious. You have a really strong presence this game. In the beginning of the merge, people were really nervous about you being in charge and working with you and Brad because, of course, Brad is also a strong physical threat and strategic threat. I mean, we've seen how he can sway Ty to vote out his boy crush. So having you be so tight with Brad, I'm curious, like, where did that relationship come from? How did you and Brad become so tight? So that's so funny because I never would have thought going into the game that I would align with Brad and we were so close. I think it started, it's probably day three. We were laying around the fire. Everyone was asleep and he whispers to me and he says, I'm really close with Troy Van. And I said, no, 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 I'm really close with Troy Zan. Like, he's my friend outside of this game. So we started bantering back and forth. Who has a better relationship with Troy Zan? When we finally realized, oh, my gosh, let's have a relationship with each other and Troy Zan. That's somebody on the other side and bring people in. And that could be our final three if we're all really mm. that close and have genuine relationships. Did you gotcha. ever consider giving um, Brad the legacy advantage? I mean, 100%. Like, why didn't I? I don't know. Yes, he should have been the one. He's been my friend the whole time. It, it came down to that final tribal when I stepped with Michael Case here. You got go. I, I remember looking at him, and he gave me no emotion. It was just stone cold. He wasn't shocked. He wasn't sad. And then I look over at Sarah, and she's crying, saying, like, I can't believe it was you, and still playing me as I'm leaving the freaking game. Oh, my God. I believe that, and I, forget, I totally forget about my relationship I had with Brad the whole game, and I just think, holy sh**, he just voted me out. Through that, I'm not giving this to him. When in reality, he was being true to me. He was just shocked. Just shocked, yeah. Yeah. There, there was a lot of, I mean, it was an emotional episode, of course, with the family visit. Very much needed for you guys at that point in the game. And you said even earlier in this interview today, you're like, ah, I don't cry very much. But we saw some really emotional moments from you this season. Yeah. You know, real honesty about how truly hard this game is. How are you right. describing it to people now that it's done? And what's it like going back to your normal life? I mean, I think Jeff said it best when he looked at me and he's like, it's been 30 days and I haven't seen this emotion out of you. In real life, you can't get me to cry if you tried. But out there, you're so vulnerable. You have all of these walls up. And, I mean, I, I learned a lot about myself. I'm a pretty go-with-the-flow kind of girl. If everyone's like, where do you want to go to dinner? I'm never the one who picks. I'm just, like, happy to be alone for the ride. And I went out. And was doing all of these things that were so out of my comfort zone that I knew I had to do. And so it was exhausting. And, I mean, when I come home, I just tell people my second season, hands down, was a million times harder just because I played harder. And mm -hmm. now it's coming up to finale time. So you're going to be going to L.A. and seeing everyone again. Who are you most excited to reconnect with? I'm super excited to see, obviously, Brad and Troy Van and my girl, my crazy girl, Debbie. Can't wait to see her. Uh, I love Aubrey. I mean, I like everybody. There's really not... I didn't really get along with Kayla very well. And obviously, me and Michaela aren't the same people. We, I feel like I can get along with her in real life. I was just irritable out there. But I'm looking forward to seeing everyone, pretty much. 
Mm-hmm. Getting to meet half of the people. I didn't get to meet half of them. Sandra would love to sit down and talk to her. I didn't get to play with her at all. So there's a lot of people I'm excited just to Absolutely. Meet. Well, I want to know if you're excited for me to open up the envelope that I have that has the list of the three things that you said you wouldn't do this season. I don't know if you remember us sitting on the beach in Fiji. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? I remember doing that, but I do not remember what I wrote. Okay. Well, here you go. Number one. Oh, you wrote that you weren't going to sit back and take it easy. I think we can okay. agree you, you you definitely did not do that. Right. Number two, you said you weren't going to cry. <laughs> oh, I cried. Dang it. Okay, failed at that one. <laughs> and you said that you would not be anything but the final three. I mean, one out of three ain't bad, right? That's true, it's true. (laughs) You gave it a great shot. In your first season, you maybe just played it a little too slow. This season, maybe you took it a little too fast, coming on too strong, being out there, calling the plays in front of everyone. Is there another season in you where you are just going to go out there and do things just right? Baby Bear, would you do it again? You know what? The competitor inside of me says, absolutely, yes. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. Just seeing how much I changed and learned from my first season to my second, now I've realized I can't go as hard. I would love to play a third time. I feel like I could take everything I learned and maybe, maybe make it to the final three because now I know I can't be extreme and I can't be nothing. You know, find the middle ground. Yeah. Uh, well, we hope to see you back at it again, Sierra. You are great fun to watch. And I know I really loved your positivity and your optimism throughout the season, too. It was nice to have that. You were a little bright spark out there for all of us. So thank you. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on Post Tribal. We will catch up with you at your next Survivor Adventure, I hope. Yes, for sure. Talk to you later, girls. Thanks, Sierra. Bye. Well, she did well. Yeah, she did. She's a spitfire. I really liked her more and more as the season went along. Like I said earlier, she grew on me, and she has a good attitude. I could see her, if she can find that little balance between playing really hard and kind of kicking back a little bit, she could do really, really well in this game. Hell, she's already done really well in this game. I know, and I think what it is is sometimes when you go out there, you just don't realize what kind of toll it's going to take on you physically, emotionally, mentally, especially if you had an easier season the first time or second time you played. So when you go out there and it's harder than ever, it's just easy to just, you just want to let your guard down for one second. And it shows if you do that, that's it, you're out. I mean, I've seen that be so many people's downfall. And it's crazy because it is, it's those sharks in the water. They sense weakness. And it's like, all right, you're You're done. You're done. Well, one moment in the game that we know you actually are allowed to let your guard down, even if it is just for a few moments, is during the loved one's visit. And I don't know about you, but I found this one particularly heart-wrenching. We had Sarah collapse onto the sand. Sari, I mean, the waterworks coming out of her were off the charts. (laughs) Ty, everybody really, really felt it. And you could tell how badly... They all needed some unconditional love, some affection, just to be able to know that they didn't have to play for that minute. Did you have a favorite moment? Yeah, I mean, you know what I love so much about the loved one's visit is we get a little glimpse of people's lives outside of the game, and we get a sense of 
who they are in a fuller view. And just watching like mm-hmm. Ty connect with his life partner and saying like, this is the love of my life. And Andrea share that story oh. about her sister with her mom. It was like, wow. I mean, we yeah. don't see this kind of depth come from, we haven't seen that kind of depth come from Andrea at all this whole season. So to see a little glimpse of, wow, I mean, she's not just this like pretty strong competitor. She also has this added layer of having gone through something really difficult when she was younger and growing from that and to develop a strong sense of family. I mean, that's what I love the most about the family visit. But I loved Mm -hmm. watching Sari and her son. Oh, how absolutely adorable is that boy? And for him to be so affectionate with his mom at that age, what just graduated, so 17 years old, that's so beautiful. It's a testament to what kind of a mother she is. I also really liked, and I had a total giggle about this, when Ty's partner Mark was called out. The first thing I said is, wasn't Mark the chicken? And I always thought that, <laughs> that the chicken was named after the show's producer, Mark Burnett, but maybe not. Maybe it was. Oh, Aaron, you are so slick. Yeah, I didn't even put that together. You're right. I'm sure it was, it was named after cute. his partner. Because didn't they name a chicken Monica this season too? I think, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought that was a really sweet moment. And I also thought it was kind of cute when Sarah's husband came running out. And actually, I was watching the show with a couple friends. And I was like, ooh, Sarah did well. And right after that, Sarah goes, your husband's hot. <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> Uh, I know, right? It shows us a little bit more about who they are as real people, which I love. I loved it. But I think this challenge, like, can also be really difficult. So you desperately want to win this challenge. I've done the family challenge three times, actually. I've been fortunate enough to last that long every time I played the game. And it's really fun to do a challenge with your loved ones involved in it. I got to do that twice. But one time... I did it where it was like the the family is watching us do the challenge. And I think when the family's watching you do the challenge, there's this extra pressure on the competitors to perform and to pull it out, like not only for yourself, but for the loved one who's watching, who flew all the way out there. Yeah. And it's just so sad to watch. I know. Well, that challenge, of course, too, it typically means excluding others, taking something from them that is so desperately needed. Do you think winning that challenge can sometimes be a bit of a curse or have consequences? Oh, yeah. A lot of the time it does because, I mean, it's a little different than just going, I'm going to take you on a barbecue reward and we're going to eat together. It's like, I'm not going to take you along and let you spend time with your loved one, even though we've spent 36 days developing relationships in this game, but like, I don't need you that much. It's so much deeper and more personal than any like typical reward. I was really fortunate Mm -hmm. when me and my dad won the Cook Islands challenge. Jeff, like he always gives you whoever wins, you always have to pick someone to go with you. But he gave that option to my dad. So I was like, clean hands from that. Oh, perfect. Oh, you were so lucky. You do have luck on your side. I love it. Well, we're probably not going to see the same kind of emotion and tears next week, but it does look like we're going to see a lot of tension, particularly from Michaela. There's a great clip of her saying, I'm just going to make sure he's not looking for an idol. It looks like she's following Brad around. And then there's a clip of Brad saying, you're blackmailing me? And he's saying he's not going to cower to some diva's demands. It looks like those two might be going head to head. (laughs) 
I mean, we knew this was coming. As soon as Sierra gets voted out, Brad's vulnerable. He's exposed. And yeah. Michaela and Brad have had this notoriously contentious relationship since the beginning. And we don't know why. Like, we just hear people say, Michaela and I aren't the same people. She rubs me the wrong way. But really, what yeah. is it about her that rubs people the wrong way? I don't know. But then we see Sari talking with Ty saying, I'm never going to be able to live with my decision so, like, what is she talking about? Is she voting out Michaela? I mean, that's where my mind... That, me too. Well, that was my first thought, because there was that, a couple of episodes ago, Sirish kind of took Michaela under her wing and said, I'm going to protect you. I'm not going to let everyone know I am protecting you, but I'm going to take care of you, my girl. So, perhaps that's what they're alluding to. I don't know. But back to what you said about why do you think Michaela rubs people the wrong way? I think it's moments like when she kicks the box after losing and is a bit of a sore loser. I think that's part of the reason I know when I see her do that stuff I'm like girl even her mom yelled at her during the challenge and said Michaela calm down get it together girl yeah that's true I mean it's true that anything is exaggerated out there if someone has some kind of personality flaw or character trait that is annoying or abrasive it's gonna be intensified when you're out there there's just nothing else to draw your attention away from that so I could see that being maybe muted out in the real world but out there on the island, I, I understand that people uh-huh. could be... Yeah, that's exactly why I will never play this game. I don't need my multiple negative traits amplified oh, by a thousand. Give me a break, You would be like the sweetest little sweetheart uh, out there. Oh, sure, sure. That's, that's but also you'd think. be like an undercover cutthroat. No, maybe. I, I do get very hangry. That you would not want to see. I, I, yeah, and then you're competitive too, so I think you've got it in yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I do have a little streak in me. But I wanted, before we go here, we really only have one more episode before the finale, which means next week will we get a chance to really break things down I want to talk quickly about Suri because it's going to come down to resume you know we have very strong players I think Sarah Brad Andrea and Suri are kind of in my top four right now for being able to really play this game but Suri maybe is next level because she does not have a single vote against her at this point and we're going into some big games we have two idols for tie and a legacy advantage coming into play how is she going to navigate all this and still stay where she is right now, which is sitting pretty. Sari's a mastermind. She is absolutely masterful at the social game. I know that we haven't seen a lot out of her to this point because she hasn't really, for whatever reason, been considered a threat. But Sari is playing everyone beautifully. And you mark my word, she is going to do whatever she needs to do to get to the end. And if she gets to the end, Sari will talk people into voting for her. She'll win the game if she gets to the end. Oh, I would vote for her just strictly based on how cute her son is. No, <laughs> oh, he's so cute. I know, oh, the ladies must be going crazy for him, too. As soon as he just graduated high school. He's an eligible man. <laughs> <laughs> but now, so now we have Ty with two idols in his pocket who has nothing on his resume, and he's going to have to do something. He has to know that he has to do something in order to prove that he's worth voting for in the end, should he get to the end. So I don't know what Ty is going to be up to with those idols, but he's got to do something with them. He sure does. And we know now that Sarah has crushed her bestie's dreams of Survivor glory, she better do something with that legacy advantage that knocks our socks off too. Well, I have no doubt that it's going to be fun, and it's going to be a great, great episode next week. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning into Post Tribal. Another fun, fun episode. Thank you, Parv, for your incredible insights, and we shall see you all again next week. I can't wait. Wait.